we're live. Hello, ladies. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. How's everyone today? We're doing I'm well. Great. I'm here. It's Tuesday. It's 10 a.m. Hey. Where else would I be? <laughs> exactly. It's TMI Tuesday. Yes. Well, welcome everyone. This is episode eight. This is part two of our men's health special. As you know, June is men's health month and we've been celebrating all month long here on YouTube, your favorite podcast channels, and of course our Instagram page. We're very excited about this two-part series and honored to bring, bring it to you as three daughters. You can consider this month dedicated to girl dads. As a reminder, this show is for educational purposes only. The opinions expressed are our opinions alone. They are not a representation of any of our affiliations. If you're experiencing a medical emergency, you should seek medical attention and medical guidance from your healthcare provider. This is going to be a little bit different than our usual show. Um, so this is a medical podcast. We'll be using medical terms for body parts in this episode. If you have children who you're not comfortable hearing those terms, then now would be a good time to stop listening. However, we encourage you to consider the benefits of the topics we'll be discussing today as a way to engage in very important conversations that promote health literacy. The younger, the better. Mm-hmm. So if you're, this is episode eight. So this is, uh, we're in two months now. And we thank you so much for all the positive feedback we've received. We hope that you see it coming to fruition. Um And we thank you for your patience as we continue to navigate this social media space and find our our comforts, our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining us. We're still nurses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's the other disclaimer, right? But, you know, our social media content, digital creation skills, they're growing. um, Mm -hmm. And so um, hopefully you can see that. Um, So if you're just joining us, every episode we mention what we call TMI takeaways. And these are just um, some of the things we want you to have learned and walk away with by the end of the show. Today's TMI takeaways are what is testosterone, what it means to have low T, and what you can do about it. We're going to talk about what is urology, who are urologists, and why are they important to men's health. Diet and weight management, how they impact men's risk for obesity diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, high blood pressure, and sleep apnea. That sounds like a lot, but believe it or not, all those things are commonly found in one person. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so, and these topics, we're really honored to bring these to you because these came from our audience, our male audience. And so we thank you for that. Uh, remember that you're just as part, as much a part of this show as we are. We welcome your questions and your um, topics of interest. We look forward to addressing them in future episodes as well as on our social media platforms. Alicia's going to start us off by telling us about testosterone. You got it, Kimberly. So I'm going to start us off with testosterone and how that affects men at at different stages of their life. So, you know, I was going to give you a little story. So I always think back in school and I when I think back about my childhood, you know, we always learn men have testosterone and women have estrogen. But, you know, no one really talks about what that means and how those hormones actually affect you and all of those things. So we're going to break it down today on the TMI Melon Initiative. So by definition, testosterone is the primary male hormone responsible for regulating sex, differentiation, producing 
um, male sex characteristics, spermatogenesis, which is a big word for sperm production, and fertility, which is the ability to create a fetus that can eventually become a baby. So to simplify all those things, testosterone helps to develop the penis and testes, deepen the voice, start the appearance of facial and pubic hair during puberty. Now, it does this, it does the opposite effect in older age. It can result in baldness. Develop muscle size and strength, bone growth and bone growth and strength, and it affects your sex drive. So you may be asking yourself, well, what happens if I have too much of this hormone in my body? Well, research has shown that having too much testosterone doesn't typically occur naturally. So we've all heard stories about men who are aggressive or have that like macho man facade. Mm -hmm. We always joke around and say he must have too much testosterone. However, that's probably an inaccurate statement. So blood levels of testosterone can actually fluctuate throughout the day. Most of what we know about high levels of testosterone actually come from athletes who are overusing, abusing steroids or uh, testosterone to enhance muscle mass or performance. Signs of high testosterone include low sperm counts, shrinking of the testicles and impotence, heart, um, heart muscle damage and increased risk of heart attack, prostate enlargement with difficulty urinating, liver disease, which may be associated with the yellowing of the skin or what our medical professionals call jaundice, distended abdomen, change in color of urine or stool, bleeding and confusion to name a few. You can also have acne, fluid retention, which could show up as swelling of the legs and feet. You can have weight gain, perhaps related to like, in, uh, per, which is related to like an increase in appetite. High blood pressure and cholesterol. I know you've heard us mention those two things before. Yeah. Insomnia or difficulty falling or staying asleep. Headaches, increased muscle mass. You have an increased risk of blood clots, which also increases the risk for a heart attack. Um, clots in the lungs, which you call pulmonary embolisms, in the arms and legs, which we call DVTs or stroke, um, stunted growth in adolescence, uncharacteristically aggressive behavior, although this is not well studied in, uh, or clearly proven, mood swings and a sense of excitement, irritability, impaired judgment, delusions. Now, I know that was that's, I a, list. List. that's a list, right? That's kind of like one of those commercials. With the drug, you know, with the medication. You're like, why would I take that if I could have all of those symptoms, right? Um, So here's one thing to note, that many of these signs, quote unquote, could also be related to other hormone imbalances, other diseases. Um, There's a vast list of different things going on. So the only way to know your hormone level is to have your blood drawn by your primary care. An endo- or an endocrinology um, specialist, which is a healthcare provider who specializes in hormones, or a urologist, or a functional or integrative healthcare professional. As we always say, and I'm pretty sure we have said this on every episode, you gotta follow up with your primary care provider. <laughs> so we're gonna shift gears just a bit and talk about low testosterone. So typically as men age, their levels of testosterone gradually drop about one to 2% each year. So what that means is that one in three men over the age of 45 have reduced levels of testosterone than what providers may consider normal. So to note, 
Normal levels of testosterone can be difficult to define. So it's important to see your primary care provider and monitor your levels individually. Every individual is different and every plan of care is going to be individualized to you. So we have to know what we call your baseline or the number that you usually reside at to know if this number is low for you or if it is potentially higher. Where the testosterone resides? Where the the testosterone resides? Where the testosterone resides? You know, this is such a heavy topic and clearly we... (laughs) We are not experts in testosterone. So you know what? We're gonna one day we're gonna have to have a specialist on here so we can yes. all learn together. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, we're gonna continue going because we are um, you know, very well educated women and we can do we did some good research on this that we want to share with you. So some symptoms of testosterone deficiency are low T in an adult man can include reduced body or facial hair, loss of muscle mass. Low libido, which is your sex drive, impotence or ability to perform sexually, small testes, testicles, reduced sperm count and infertility, increased breast size, hot flashes, irritability, poor concentration and depression, loss of hair, brittle bones and increased risk of fracture. The good news is sometimes symptoms can improve by taking a replacement. A fun fact is there are times when having low testosterone isn't always a bad thing in men, um, and that's that's uh, and then that have prostate cancer. So testosterone can actually actually stimulates the prostate gland, which in um, a man that has prostate cancer would actually cause the cancer to grow. So that is actually a time when you would want low testosterone. You can have your testosterone levels checked with a blood test when you're when you visit your primary care provider. As a reminder, it's important to monitor these levels closely, especially as you begin to age, so that your primary care provider can support you as needed. And um, as you follow us on Instagram and read our show notes on YouTube, um, we give you some resources to help support you if you have more, if you want to know more. So I am going to pass this along to Geraldine to give us some information about um, BPH. All right. Another disclaimer, I am sick again, unfortunately. Um, But once again, the show must go on. So um, I know you mentioned a lot of, uh, you mentioned a lot of information, Alicia, great information. Um, What I wanted to talk about, uh, what I wanted to start off with is um, talking about what a urologist is. So we typically hear, oh, go see, you know, men typically go see a urologist. So basically a urologist is a doctor that specializes in conditions that affect the urinary tract in men, women, and children. Um, And they kind of specialize in the diseases that affect the reproductive system. Although they can technically see everyone for the purposes of this episode, um, we're going to talk about their role in men's health. Um, So uh, as Alicia mentioned BPH, which stands for benign prostatic hyperplasia, is a condition in men where the prostate gland is enlarged. Um, It's important to note that BPH is not cancerous, hence the word benign. Um, The prostate is a a walnut-sized gland that sits below the bladder, and the urethra, which is the tube where urine flows through, it runs through the middle of the prostate gland down to the end of the penis, allowing urine to flow out. So the prostate has a role in the prostate also has a role in reproduction, producing fluid that makes up a portion of semen volume as well as protecting the sperm. 
So what happens when people have a BPH or that enlarged prostate, it kind of inhibits the flow of urine out of the penis. So symptoms of BPH include urinary frequency. So you're going more often, urinary urgency, where you're having the sudden urge to pee with little ability to like hold it and make it to the bathroom or trouble starting a urinary stream. And also um, patients tend to complain of like dribbling urine at the end of urination. Like when they, uh, when they're ending urination, there's like still a little bit of dribbling and uh, as well as waking up frequently in the middle of the night to urinate because the bladder was not emptied properly during the day. BPH uh, is pretty common. It affects about 50% of men between the ages of 51 and 60 years old. Um, the good news is that there is medication, a very common medication is Flomax that you can take daily that makes it easier to pee and empty the bladder. Um, so now I'm going to switch gears and talk about prostate cancer. Um, men, you know, with prostate cancer, in order to diagnose it, you have to obviously see your doctor and things that they do is uh, one of the things that they do is a digital rectal exam, which involves the, um, or you can see your nurse practitioner. Or, yep. That too. <laughs> uh, doctor or nurse practitioner um, where they um, basically uh, insert um, their uh, finger into the rectum to assess the prostate gland. And this can sometimes be a little uncomfortable for men. And sometimes men will, try to avoid this exam altogether because of the um because they feel embarrassed or because it's uncomfortable however that exam is super important because it allows you know practitioners to assess for masses or abnormalities with the prostate um, including cancer so in addition to the prostate exam your um, provider may also order a blood test known as the PSA, which stands for prostate-specific antigen. And this is a protein that is made by prostate cells that helps keep semen liquefied so sperm can swim. Both non-cancerous and cancerous prostate cells can make PSA, but cancerous cells tend to produce more of it um, and, and excrete it into the bloodstream. So that's why it's very important to get that blood test done. As a result, men with prostate cancer usually will have higher levels of PSA in their bloodstream. Um, which the PSA blood test measures and um, screens for the develop for the risk for developing cancer. High levels of PSA. I do want to make you know want to note want you to know that high levels of PSA does not always mean cancer, and normal PSA levels does not always guarantee that cancer isn't present. Which is why it's very very important to have that digital uh, rectal exam as well as your blood, um, and also talking to your doctor to kind of like see what your risk factors are as far as developing prostate cancer. So if you're African-American over the age of um, 40, it does increase your risk uh, for prostate cancer. Um, it is also important to note that prostate cancer tends to be a slower growing cancer. So some men will often die from something else or be a candidate to watch and wait, which simply, you know, sim which simply means that they'll monitor the size of the prostate and, and they may postpone treatment. Um, but once again, it's very important that you're going to your primary care doctor's visits, going to your urology visits so that they can monitor um, your prostate. Um, so who should be screened for prostate cancer? So men who are at normal risk. Um, so those are people that don't have the family history or um, don't have a high risk for prostate cancer. They should have an annual prostate exam starting at the age of 50. But men that are at higher risk, so those that are that have a family history or those 
where African-Americans should start um, their prostate screening at about 40 years old. Another thing that uh, common, another um, condition that urologists commonly see and treat um, is erectile dysfunction. And erectile dysfunction is the inability to achieve or sustain an erection for sexual intercourse. So cases of erectile dysfunction become more prevalent the older that men get. And the majority of those diagnosed are age 65 and older. At least half of men older than 50 have some degree of erectile dysfunction. Although, you know, I do want to note that erectile dysfunction can occur in any, at any age, even younger men, but it typically occurs in the older um, population. Causes of erectile dysfunction includes age, having high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. So, you know, your health definitely, um, your overall health can definitely affect the erectile dysfunction. Smoking, using drugs or drinking too much alcohol, uh, being obese or overweight, not exercising, as well as emotional issues such as anxiety, depression, or relationship conflicts, stress at home or work can cause issues um, as it relates to erectile dysfunction. And another thing to note is that certain medications can cause um, erectile dysfunction, but it's always important to talk to your doctor. Some men can find that this is like an embarrassing topic to talk about. However, it's very, you know, it's, I want men to know that it's not abnormal. Like it, it does happen. And I want people to get more comfortable, you know, speaking about this to their providers. Um, also, there are some blood pressure medications out there that can cause erectile dysfunction, leading many men to stop taking their blood pressure medication without medical guidance, which is super dangerous. That's why it's very important to talk to your doctor because it's possible that they may be able to switch your blood pressure medication and put you on something that won't necessarily have that side effect. Um, um, and that's pretty much all that I have as far as erectile dysfunction is concerned. Thanks, Geraldine. I just want to mention that we had the man of the hour on a screen earlier. Our friend <laughs> Gunny made an appearance. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to stop Geraldine and ask Gunny, Gunny, <laughs> do you have a primary care provider? <laughs> You're looking at her. <laughs> um, but you know, these are these are really important topics and very sensitive topics too, right? Mm -hmm. And we mentioned in our last episode that we think one of the best ways to improve the outcomes of men's health is communication, right? Mm -hmm. Creating that safe space as we do here at TMI and making it what Geraldine just did is normalize it, right? And hopefully we're giving you the language so that when you do go see your provider, whether that's a physician, nurse practitioner, or a physician assistant, that you're, you're able to say, hey, this is the problem that I have. I know you can help me. And I'm looking forward to the outcome. So this is, a, you know, a lot, as I mentioned before, this, the motivation for this show is ba basically high blood pressure, right? I met a gentleman who ended up on dialysis because his blood pressure was not controlled. If anything, Geraldine just said, hopefully keeping a low blood pressure is motivation enough because yeah. you can get erectile dysfunction if you have high blood pressure because so much of sexual performance is based on good circulation, right? That means no high cholesterol, no obesity, no constricted blood vessels, which is what happens when you have high blood pressure. Additionally, when you're put on the medication, it can cause erectile dysfunction. So that should be enough motivation for those of you who are interested um, to keep your blood pressure below goal, which is 120 over 80 for most people. And I also didn't mention, but there, um, there's also, you know, there are medications that 
your provider. That's why it's very important to talk to your provider because there's medications that they can prescribe you or there's different um, treatment options for erectile dysfunction. So you shouldn't just sit there and, you know, not say anything and suffer in silence. Just speak up. And it's like I said, it's super common. People are embarrassed, but it's it's what we do. Like we, we're there to help you. We're here to help you. So it's very important to just speak to us about the issues that you're having so that we can better assist you. And, you know, every week we ask you to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your grandpa, your parents, this show included, because if you're not aware, our adults that are 65 and older actually have some of the highest rates of sexually transmitted infections because we haven't been targeting them when we talk about safe sex and sexual and um, the consequences of not (laughs) practicing safe sex. You know, those adults are not in the window of getting pregnant. And so sometimes they think that their risk are non-existent and the data shows otherwise. So mm-hmm. please share this with them. They're very active. They're, you know, there's a, a, an initiative out there that's called Actively Aging, and that includes engaging in personal and intimate relationships. They are living it up, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> okay, so, oh, another topic that we were asked to speak about is diet and weight management. So let's start with diet, one of my favorite topics. A lot of men consume large quantities of meat and alcohol. And consequently, men are also more prone to experiencing gout. Gout is a common form of inflammatory arthritis that is very painful. It usually affects one joint at a time, often the big toe. And there are times when symptoms get worse, which we call flares. And times when there are no symptoms at all, which we call remission. Repeated bouts of gout can lead to gouty arthritis, a worsening form of arthritis. And this can be in, in men as young as 40. How, um, how it's diagnosed? Well, a medical provider diagnoses gout by assessing your symptoms and the results of your physical exam, perhaps an x-ray and lab tests. Uh, we, that, that lab test is uric acid. Gout can only be diagnosed during a flare when a joint is hot, swollen, and painful, and when a lab test finds that the uric acid crystals are in the affected joint. We recommend that you go to primary care for that test and not uh, urgent care or the emergency department. Now, obviously, if you're in a lot of severe pain, we don't want you to suffer in silence. So we would prefer you go to urgent care because they can handle that easy, quickly, send you back home as opposed to filling up space in the emergency department if you don't have other things going on, okay? Always listen to your body. Uh, Common treatment. So treatment for flares consists of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that we call NSAIDs. This includes your ibuprofen, steroids, and uh, colchicine, which is specifically used to treat gout. Lifestyle modifications or behavior changes that you can make to reduce your risk of gout or if gout flares uh, is by changing your diet and lifestyle, such as losing weight, limiting the amount of alcohol you drink on a daily basis and a weekly basis, eating less purine-rich foods like red meat or organ meat. These may help prevent your future attacks. Changing or stopping medications associated with hyperuricemia like diuretics or water pills may also help. Increased weight can increase the risk for diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, which impairs blood circulation and can directly impair sexual desire as well as performance. So let's talk about sleep apnea. I think we've mentioned before that I'm a night nurse, so I talk about sleep apnea a lot. And one of the most common things I find is that people don't actually know what it is. They'll tell me they know what it is, but when I ask them to tell me what it is, they don't know. 
uh, I'd say this is about 40, 60. So sleep apnea is a common condition in which your breathing stops and restarts many times while you're asleep. And this can prevent your body from getting enough oxygen. With the most important organ being affected is the brain and the heart. It puts stresses on stress on both of those things. And in fact, the more the longer you have sleep apnea and it's not treated and that stress on your heart builds up, that can actually be the cause of high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. We've seen that in some people who actually uh, participate in the treatment for sleep apnea don't need their blood pressure medicine anymore. But again, this is with um, under the advisement of a medical professional. So sleep apnea, we typically call it obstructive sleep apnea. There are different types of causes of why you're not breathing. Obstructive sleep apnea is one of the most common types. Obstructive meaning there's something in the way of that air flowing through. And the most common thing that obstructs air is t- extra tissue, specifically fat tissue. So those of us who have been in healthcare for, you don't have to be in healthcare that long to start to recognize, you can physically look at someone and see if they have sleep apnea. So even though we ask you if you have it, we already know the answers, okay? Um, so anyway, obstructive sleep apnea is caused by conditions that block the airflow through the upper airways during sleep. For example, your tongue may fall backwards and block your airway. That's why you might notice that if you sleep on a one or two or three pillows or when you're in the hospital or you have a special bed that you can elevate, that it allows that tongue to relax and it won't block the back of the throat. That will decrease the sleep, improve your partner's quality of life, especially at night, and improve your ability to get oxygen to your important organs. Risk factors for sleep apnea include your age, the older you are, gender, this occurs more commonly in men, family history, uh, obesity, lifestyle such as drinking and smoking, and having large tonsils or a thick neck. Well, that ends our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. To recap, the TMI takeaways for this episode are uh, we define testosterone, what it means to have low T, and what you can do about it. We discuss the specialty of urology and why urologists are important to men's health. And finally, we talked about diet and weight management and how they both impact men's risk for obesity, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, and sleep apnea. In healthcare, there is often too much information and not enough time. Here at the Melanin Initiative, we avoid TMI by breaking things down into language you can understand. We create a safe space for you to ask your questions and share our nursing perspective without taking too much of your time. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every week for TMI Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. Anything else you want to say, ladies, before we depart? You've wrapped it up beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in July, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we didn't give you too much information. Join us next Tuesday at 10 for a new episode of the Melanin Initiative.